Tonight's very special episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Flying in December. I just flew back from New York. I heard a lot of coughing. I just feel like bronchitis is coming my way. A lot of coughing. And dogs. Why are dogs on my airplane? Get the hell out of here with your dogs. I have three dogs. I love dogs. Don't fly with your dogs. Keep your dogs home. Keep them with an uncle. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people the right skills for your job. They actively invite them to apply. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by State Farm. They're here to help trades go right. And speaking of trades... My trade value guide on the ringer.com. It's up. My fingers still work. It's a miracle. I don't know how many thousand words it was, but yeah, my fingers still work. It's amazing. Go check out the trade value guide presented by State Farm. Some really good stuff in there. We're going to talk to Joe House all about it, about that list. And we're going to do some picks with him as well. That is coming up a little bit. If you have State Farm insurance, like many people, I wouldn't trade my State Farm agent for anybody. So there you go. Thank you to State Farm. And then we're brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's best website. We had an awesome week. Whole bunch of great stuff. Our year-end uh, best of 2018 stuff was really great. We had a lot of good pieces this week. Really, really good week for the site. If you like reading stuff, I would go there. I'd also check out all of our podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network as well. And if you like the rewatchables, we have another one coming. Here's the schedule for next week. Sunday night, me and Sal. Tuesday, Christmas is Tuesday Christmas, Kyle. Yeah, we're running maybe Tuesday night. We'll run the sports reporters. Uh, me and Brian Curtis and Jason Gay. We did an end of the year thing. We already taped it. It happened. That is running on Tuesday, and then we're gonna have something else end of the week. But then the rewatchables is coming too, and I think we're gonna drop that uh, Christmas Eve. It's gonna be Tombstone. Oh yeah, Tombstone. Flawed, awesome rewatchable movie. And then that's it. And then we're coming back next year with the rewatchables with a whole schedule. I was figuring out on the airplane to New York, man, there's some doozies coming this year. That's all I'm going to say. Some, some heavy hitters, heavy, heavy hitters. I look forward to that. Coming up, we're going to talk to House. We're also going to call my dad and we're going to talk about the Patriots and uh, the very sad Josh Gordon story as well as what the hell happened to our Patriots season. That is all coming up. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. We are doing some Friday rolling, even though it's Thursday afternoon, West Coast time. My dad's coming up a little bit later to talk about the Josh Gordon thing and the Patriots and uh, and what's going on with the Celtics and all that stuff. Right now, on the line, the host of House of Carbs and the Shock House, Joe House. How are you? I'm great. It's a, it's a Christmas miracle. Bill Simmons. I, there was I, I was looking at the at the Twitter feed last night. Upside, all of a sudden, out of like a like a a small flash of blue light, or maybe it was red and white with a R- Rudolph leading the way. There was a a link to a column that you wrote. You allegedly you wrote a column. I know, I know. I I might have outsourced it to people in India who might have written it for me. 
Uh, oh, yeah, like it was this. a trade. It was a trade Viacom. It went up on the site yesterday. When I was at ESPN, I think the last like five or six years, we used to do a podcast before I did the trade value column. But this one now, now we're changing the format a little bit. I did. I I put out the list, wrote a big intro for it, did the honorable mention. But we we had been emailing a lot back and forth about um, who might be on it. You had not seen the final list though, because we hadn't talked about it in a couple of weeks. And I got aggressive with some of the younger guys. What was the what was the biggest <laughs> mistake that jumped that, out to you? Is that you, you think you got a little aggressive? I did. Um the 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 number one, I and I I uh I meant to to tweet this out today, but I went to uh it's the holiday season, Bill Simmons, as yeah. you know. And and uh yes. so I got caught up in one of those holiday lunches where you go and you sit down and somebody starts ordering wine. Yeah. And I had a bloody Mary and it's twelve noon. And then I asked for a shot to go along with my Bloody Mary. And the, and the next thing you know, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I didn't get a chance to tweet this, but I, it looked to me like there might have been a typo. Like there, there was one that just jumped off the page. De'Aaron Fox was was sitting at, at number 15. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that'd be, that's a one and a five that's inside the top 20. Yeah. That's just five spots away from the top 10. Are you sure that's not a typo? First of all, I love that you're half in the bag for this podcast. This is great. <laughs> we should do all of these this way. You could be like the new Howard Cosell. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get real barbershop here. I yeah. just want to warn you right now. I like this. I think this should be the new house. You should go Don Draper on the pod. Have a, have a cocktail <laughs> or two right before you do it. Um, so here's the funny thing about De'Aaron Fox. You're going to laugh. I thought it was the biggest mistake as well. I don't think he was high enough. Oh yeah! I wish I'd put him higher. <laughs> hey, look, I invested in Swipe of the Fox last year. I loved his number. In fact, I think I was on a podcast with you and the cousin Sal. We were looking at the 2017-2018 basketball season. We're looking at futures. Yeah. And he was on there, rookie of the year odds. I loved his rookie of the year odds. He was like 20 to 1 or 25 to 1. Yeah. And I went ahead and put a little dabble on that one. Yes. We loved him in college. Because in that season uh leading up, you know, his his, his uh freshman season, they had Kentucky had two Huge games, nationally televised games, and he went out and wrecked dues. He had he dropped forty. I can't remember who he went up against, and I'm not going to look it up because again, I had the extra shot with the Bloody Mary earlier today. But look, he 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 was very uh, uh, impressive under the 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 brightest of lights, and I was like, this dude can play. I mean, twenty to one was good odds for him, and then he kind of man, it was the had, team he had a Sacramento Kings kind of season. Well, is the way I'll put it. There was one other reason we liked him. We liked him and Malik Monk because remember that video of them sobbing in the locker room after the game? I was like, I like these guys. Yes. These guys really, yes. this this is not yes. a situation like, oh, my time's done in Kentucky. Time to get ready for the draft. These guys were like devastated. And so that the biggest reason, and we'll go through the list in a second, but the biggest reason I like him and that I put him 15, first of all, I, I've been so impressed by how he's run that team this year. Like he's averaging like 18 and seven, but- uh, the way, not just that he's running the offense, but like the leadership and like the spirit that he plays with, it's really infectious. And you think the kid's 20 and he's already running that team. They have a winning record. They're in the West. Now they've had a little bit of an easy schedule that's about to come around on them. But uh, it, I look at like the physical gifts, 
he said yesterday before the OKC game, he's the fastest guy in the league. I'm not positive, but he might be. Um, I love that he's a lefty. He's got little shots already. He's got like a little stop and pop floater right in front of the foul line. He can make threes. He's not a great three-point shooter yet, but he's fine. Uh, he's a very good passer and plays with pace. But re- for me, it's the personality. I just think him and Buddy, who I, I put in the top 42, those guys play really hard. And with like, it, like that infectious spirit. And I don't think this is a fluke, this Kings thing. I think they're going to come down. They have a really tough schedule. But I really think you could build around those guys as a backcourt. It reminds me of like the, uh, remember that year, the Hornacek KJ backcourt took off in Phoenix like 30 years ago. And it was like, wow, this sure, is sure. this is what's going to, this is, they're going to make the playoffs and win playoff series just built around two guards. Like, I feel like they might be able to do that. At some point, it won't so, be this year. I agree with every single thing you just said, uh, and it's a it's a lovely little story. I'm very happy for the good people of Sacramento. They've waited long enough. They've been in the doldrums long enough. They've been through a lot of uh, clowny moments, a lot of circus moments in the franchise over the last 15 years. So I'm happy for them to realize a little bit of uh, value with De'Aaron Fox and to have a group of guys that are are young and hungry yeah. and willing to play hard. I, I I you you know this. You and I were so huddy. We love so happy for Buddy. We love Buddy. We were so buddy, buddy, buddy all up in our face. I know. Uh, I, it you was know, embarrassing. His, his senior season. Yeah, it was we, wonderful. So this is a great moment. But the problem is, bro, you have this mother effort at 15. All right, you, so let's talk about You have him ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. You have him ahead of the Zinger. You have him ahead of Devin Booker. Like, yeah. Oh, they, they, Devin Booker every day and twice on Sunday. Here's the thing. And I tried you to. You have him again ahead of, of the triple double darling Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So let me explain. <laughs> and this is why I wrote that big intro. I think where the league is headed, and I talked to some people in the league about this because I wanted to make sure my instincts were right about this. Um, these cheap rookie salaries, if you can get somebody who is either an all-star or borderline all-star right now for like somewhere between five and seven million a year, that's the number one thing people want. And it sounds crazy to think, you know, oh, oh, if OKC called up the Kings and offered Russell Westbrook for De'Aaron Fox, the Kings would do that in a heartbeat. I'm telling you, they wouldn't. They'd rather have Fox. You have him under team control now for three more years and you think like he's going up, his arrow's going up, Westbrook's arrow's going down. I, to me, that's a no-brainer. I, I had a little more trouble with Fox versus Mitchell. I just like Fox more as a player. I think his his upside's higher. The Mitchell hero ball thing is becoming a problem for this year. You've seen some Utah games. I don't, I don't, there's a little kind of Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, everybody clear out. I'm just going to take bad shots and going with him this year that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, let's do the quick tangent on on D Mitchell and, and uh, Utah and their underperformance so far. I was very happy to see our boy Danny Devine come yeah. out today with a little glimmer of hope because you know I was very bullish. I know on the Utah Jazz. That was a lock. Started. You had them as a lock. I, I love them to get to fifty. Now look. They went on a great run post-Christmas last year, <laughs> and now I need them to go on that same post-run. At the yeah. time that we had our over-under podcast, you raised a, a couple caution flags, a cautionary note around D. Mitchell, and the, the, the source of your concern was like, we saw a lot of D. Mitchell this summer. 
brother was doing some fashion shoots and he was rubbing some shoulders with some celebrities and he was just showing up a little bit too much. Yeah. He just was a little too available. We didn't see him in the gym enough. We didn't see any of those workout videos that we like to see. We saw designer shoes. We saw, uh, you know, some, some lovely young ladies. But we didn't see those <laughs> those workout videos we like to see. Well, maybe he was doing that. It just felt like, I, what I didn't like is it felt like a little victory lapish, And it's like, you haven't done anything yet. Congratulations. Right? You, you, you had a good rookie season, Yeah, dude. you had a good rookie, rookie season, and you beat OKC, who was a mess. And then you got killed in the next round. Like, go back. Get, go back. You, you, all the stuff's coming later. Uh, that worried me, and, and it worries me that... Uh, He's playing like the same way. He's taking the same kind of shots that like Dame Lillard would take. Dame Lillard's 28 or 29. He's been in a bunch of big games at this point. You know, I, I think Mitchell's got to figure out how do I make everybody else around me a little bit better. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the, we're going to get to the list right now. That's one of the reasons I love that. By the way, I'm going to see Doncic tonight, but Doncic can be oh, real. tonight. Yeah. He's playing the clips. He can be really good in a basketball game and not really score. You know, he can go like you're, three you're, for you're nine. Talking about Luca, yeah, he can go like three for nine and still affect the game. Mitchell really kind of has to score to affect the game right now. And that going back to Fox, I think Fox can affect the game even if he's not scoring. I think his speed, his athleticism. I watched. I watched you and Sour making fun of me. I watched the entire OKC Sacramento game on the plane today, and uh, it was a replay of it. it. Was, that must have been a, a hell of a boring play. Well, I really, I really wanted run. to watch Sacramento because I had, I had seen them league pass bits and pieces, but I hadn't really studied what was going on with them. And Fox plays so hard. He had this play. They're down 20. Guys open in the corner. And Fox comes off the foul line to come chase the three and block the three. But it, it was like not only a great athlete play, but just like a crazy, crazy hustle play. And it's the kind of play like, if you're doing that, you're gonna you're gonna be a star. Like if you're trying that hard on these random moments in this game with that you're losing anyway. There's another play, Buddy Buddy Hield made a three, and they're down like 15, and then like sprinted back to make sure he got back on defense. I don't know how much of it's the coaching and how much of it is the DNA of those guys, but I really like what they have. But let's let's go through the list. I had, so I had the top four pretty easy to predict: Giannis one, Davis two. Curry three, LeBron four. Did you have any issue with Curry over LeBron? No, I'm not going to quibble with any of it. This is just splitting hairs. The only thing that I'll, I'll observe as it relates to LeBron is, and this is where you, you know this, my interests always go in this direction. The season that he's having and the remarkable resurrection of LA on the NBA prominence yeah. scale do we do we do we do a little touch for LeBron as the MVP this year? Do we do? Is it worth a is it worth a mm. C note? Is I did, it worth a? I did look at that. I still like the. For some reason, I thought the KD at sixty to one jumped out of me. Here's the thing: I watched. Uh, I actually watched the LeBron versus Brooklyn game was on the flight. I watched that one live when I flew to New York on Tuesday night. Man, you caught all the great games. Yeah, it was really a classic. I, Brooklyn's pretty fun. <laughs> Brooklyn's finally figured yeah, out how they, to. They, they really are. 
They, if you want to know what it looks like for a team to play hard, watch Brooklyn. If you want to watch a team that that is uh, composed of dogs who want to dog it, watch Washington. Yeah, that, that's that's, your, that's the one for you. There, there's a nice comparison for you. Well, I was shocked by LeBron's body language in that game. I'm not the only person who noticed it. It it he seemed really frustrated by some of his teammates. And this brings me to your question about the MVP. It feels like there's a trade coming with them. I don't think he likes playing with KCP. And in general, I think he's just a little frustrated by the young guys. The only guy he's really talked up over and over again is Lonzo. And Lonzo was good in that game. I I love Lonzo. I actually wish I had put him higher on this uh, list. He was really good in that game on both ends. And I think has it. I still think he could be the third best guy on a LeBron title team there, but they need the second guy. Um, But hold on. I, let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a little bit of a sneaking like a fox kind of thing going on with LeBron talking up Lonzo because Lonzo is their most eligible trade asset? No, Ingram is. I I, I get it, but I mean, uh, you the, know. The, the move, the, Lonzo, the thing is Lonzo fits with LeBron. The guy who okay. doesn't really fit from what I've seen is Ingram. And well, you know who, who who also could fit with LeBron? Bradley Beal. No, John Wall. No, John. Bradley Beal <laughs> staying in Washington. I can't let him go. I'll physically try and restrain him. If they try and they try and move that man, I'm going to drive to wherever he is located. That I'm going to use the GPS and the and the Google Maps and the Yahoo Maps and uh, MapQuest. I'm going to do them all. I'm going to put. I'm going to pinpoint Bradley Beal. I'm going to go there with with all kinds of retention. Material, they're gonna have to lock me up because I want that man to stay here in Washington. Kyle, should we have House drunk for every podcast? This please, is great. Give him the option. I, I love think. drunk House. Give him the option. This is awesome. House, you wouldn't trade Bradley Beal for Ingram expirings no. and Josh no. Hart? No, no, no. Wouldn't trade Bradley Beal. So you could you could end it there. Would you trade Bradley Beal? No. Well, here's the thing. John you're, Wall. You're not trading John, John Wall because nobody wants that contract. It's well, impossible. Well, that's funny. Here, let's let's do this quick aside. Very quick. I'm sorry to take anybody down this Washington. It's not a rabbit hole. It's a rat hole. It's a it's a raccoon hole. No, it's a hole. sinkhole. It's like those <laughs> sinkholes in Thailand that open up and swallow <laughs> the cars up. We we, we try to con- construct what what's the worst like what's the bottom what's the 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 worst threesome the worst group of players you could assemble. In a, in a in exchange for John Wall, like what we, we we tried. The problem is, two of them are already on Washington. Yonam Henry and Dwight Howard would would have been eligible <laughs> candidates to trade, but they're already here, so you can't trade them. And Austin Rivers, you already traded the worst trade. Hey, we we got to talk about that really quickly, and then we'll take a break and we'll hit the list. <laughs> your your team was involved in a three team trade where they got the two Brookses mixed up. And th- so the th- I, the three GMs were Ernie Grunfeld, Chris Wallace, and then I, whoever the fuck is running Phoenix. I don't even know, but they all would have been three of my top candidates for this to happen to. It feels like this was Ernie's fault, right? Didn't he? Wasn't he the one who screwed this up? Well, it's no. Nah. So here's the thing. This is let let let's go ahead and call it like it is. You have a snake, you have a dunce, and and you have a nobody. Snake, Chris Wallace. Dunce, Ernie Grunfeld, a nobody, the GM, the current GM of the Suns that I can't name off the top James of my head. James Jones, right LeBron's LeBron's valet who gave him Tyson <laughs> his, Chandler. His boy. Hey, hey can, can we buy out Tyson Chandler and give him to you for nothing? We'll get we'll get nothing out of it. It'll be great. <laughs> clutch, clutch James Jones. So I believe that Chris Wallace uh put it on on Ernie. 
I believe the story that that uh, came out that was reported that Phoenix and Memphis were having discussions in advance of involving Washington, and it was un un uh, equivocal and not mysterious at all which Brooks they were talking about. And then something happened over the course of Friday to cause Memphis to get cold feet, and it was easy to point the blame for Memphis to point the blame and put the blame right on Grunfeld. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they they decided they didn't want to be part of this arrangement any further. All right, you have to apologize for calling Chris Wallace the snake. <laughs> I, I won't do it. He ruined the league. <laughs> he gave Kobe Bryant two titles that he wasn't entitled to. That's true. He, he gave did. Pau Gasol to the Los Angeles Lakers before the rest of the league had an opportunity to participate that in is any true. kind of bidding whatsoever. And da- David Stern let that shit go right on by. That's, yeah, that's that David true. Stern's black mark as far as I'm concerned. Well, he has a lot of black marks. Yeah, Chris Wallace also took Hashim Thabit over uh, James Harden and Stephen Curry, I think. Was that the draft? <laughs> I, Why doesn't he take more shit for that? Because he's a snake. Here, here are the set first seven picks. Blake Griffin, Hashim Thabit. Next pick, James Harden. Tyreek Evans, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn, Stephen Curry went seventh. DeMar DeRozan went ninth. What the fuck? The league's on drugs every year. God damn it. I had to put that draft out of my head. That was the draft that Ernie Grunfeld traded the five hole yeah, he for tra- Mike Miller and Randy Foy. <laughs> he traded straight up. You traded the five pick for Mike Miller and Randy Foy. That was the whole trade. I got to go. Hold on. I got to go <laughs> stick my head in the toilet for a minute. Hold on. <laughs> let's take a break. All right. Let's talk about FanDuel. I'm out of my fantasy league. My team let me down. Thank God I have daily fantasy. You're probably like me. You probably didn't win your league either. You know why we didn't win our league? Because if you're in a 10-team league, you have a 10% chance of winning. If you're in a 12-team league, you have like an 8% chance. Not in daily fantasy. Every week is a new week. Oh, yeah. You get the excitement of researching and building your team regardless of the outcome. It's never been more fun or easy to play. Like this week, you can decide Dallas is going to run the ball a lot. So you put Zeke Elliott on your team. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't want to give away all my tricks. I've tried other DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play when you're ready for a fresh start. If you're just ready to kill a weekend, do a little daily fantasy. Make some teams. You get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. Pick a new fantasy team this week. Do it next week. Do whatever you need. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply for full eligibility rules and terms and conditions. Go to FanDuel.com. All right, back to uh, back to the list. House just stuck his head in the toilet. Sorry about that, House. <laughs> it's wet. It's cold. Did you agree after the top four? Did you agree with Luke at five? I, I don't have any issue at all. So I, I um, like two things about this list. The two things I like in the in the first place, I like that it is a living, a living, breathing organism. This is yes. an evolving document with ins and outs. I mean, we're gonna let the course of the season play out. I, I I love the Ringer innovation. I love the Bill Simmons innovation here with this list. It's 2018. We can go ahead and be a little creative. Yeah, we can move the some people around. Commits it. Let's 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 do it. Luca was, I think Luca was like 22 a month ago. Now he's yeah, five. Right. Sure. So what we've seen from him is a bunch of humongous balls games. Like, I, I, how do we put it? These are Sam Cassell games where he is taken over 
at the end, you know, the, the uh, Dallas is is staring uh, the jaws of defeat, and 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 Lucas like, let me just see, let let's just see for a minute if I can snatch a little V out of this D. Let's snatch a little victory out of the jaws of defeat here, and he's done it a couple times, and it's been a hell of a revelation. Now, I also the other thing I like about this list in terms of of uh, in addition to the ability to kind of you know. Uh, move it around as the season develops. The emphasis on the young guys is is clearly correct, right? This it's very heavy with these young guys on these uh, rookie contracts because that's where the value is. That's how teams now are separating themselves. If you can get some value out of a guy very early, this is why Boston is in the beautiful position that it's in. God damn it! Um, all the assets with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That that kind of Terry Rozier, when you draft I well like that, and have these guys on rookie contracts. I like that huh? you think Jalen Brown's an asset. This is the first time anyone said that in a month. Well, it's this incredible that you have him in the top fifty. That's a whole other deal. I'm gonna. I he needs to be out of this top fifty. But the point is, he it, all things considered, for for a potential trade for somebody like Anthony Davis, yeah, he's he's an asset. Yeah, that count. He counts as an asset. He, well, that I would looked be a at. Good I looked at the Luca thing. Luca's nineteen. He clearly has what it takes. He has elephantitis of the nuts, as you discussed earlier. Elephantitis. Yeah, he's got, it's not Sam Cassell balls. It's like elephantitis balls. Whoever had that? I mean, was there a famous the biggest, person? That the elephant- biggest balls. Who has the biggest balls? Well, in college, they, we had that one friend that we can't talk about who would pull his balls out <laughs> at parties because they're so big. No. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> not. No, he's I'd not. love to see those nuts now, just no. to see how big they are. Because once you get old, also that was thirty years ago, and that's kind of stuff we did in college. Now they would have like they'd freak out if that happened if somebody had their balls. We go to jail if we looked at his nuts. We would look. We, we go that? to jail right now. It used yeah. to be a party favor, like, "Yo, dude, let's go into this room. We want to see your nuts." No, that's not. Like, that's oh, not how great. it went down. Let me show you these huge nuts. That's not how it went down. It was somebody said. <laughs> Did you hear? Do you ever see so and so's nuts? And we're like, no. And it was, it was, we were like the Colonel in Boogie Nights. We love to see his nuts. <laughs> Brought us into another room. The nuts came out. We're like, oh, <laughs> great set of nuts. Think about this in that era. He was happy to show the nuts. Yeah. Have any problem with it? <laughs> like, oh, you want to see my giant nuts? Here they are. Well, that's Luca Dodgers. Congratulations, Tim. Uh, Joel Embiid, I put it six. Now, there's a sneaky case that he actually should have been in the top group. You could have made a case he should have been in that un, un, untouchable group. The only sure. reason I knocked him down two spots was just because I wouldn't bet my life that he's going to stay healthy. I think we, I think there's been very good signs. He played, He was healthy last year. He's been really healthy this year. He's been uh, durable. But it's really only been 100 games, maybe not even that. And I just want more evidence that this is somebody that's going to be in the league for the next 10 to 12 years. So that was why. Yeah, I, I, I share that concern. I'm with you. I, I'm rooting with all of my, my NBA might, every fiber in my NBA body for him to stay healthy because I just love watching him play basketball and I love watching the Sixers with him on the, on the floor. The other thing that I think makes it reasonable to not have him in that tippy-tippy top is he sometimes he says stuff that's not great. Yeah, like I don't whatever know. came Might out last week, teammate. even if it was uh, confusing relating to J- to Jimmy Butler, you don't have to say it. You might think it. You just keep it to yourself, buddy. 
He's a transparent, uh, whatever the millennials, if you're under 25, he's a sharer. It's a sharing generation. He is Here a are my thoughts. He does like to Here's share. Here's what I'm doing right now. Here's a picture of me. I'm sad. I want you to know about it. He shares. It's a share. Uh, yeah, I think I had Simmons, I think five, I think I had him five or six. And the more I watched that team and I watched the two of them, how they interact and how much the Philly fans love Embiid, I just, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Simmons like in the next year and a half, just because. Oh my God. I, I, it's just a gut feeling. It's, it honestly is the same reason that I think KD is probably going to leave Golden State. Like at some point the the city and the team belongs to one guy in the team or the city and the fans belong to one guy in the team. And Philly is Embiid city. I felt it when I went to that playoff game there. They fucking love Embiid. They're frustrated All by that Simmons. that may be true. It's a, I wouldn't put Ben Simmons and KD's situation. They're, they're, they're planets apart. That's a different, that's Pluto to Mars. The difference in, in the universe. Well, no, there's situations. situations. I'm just saying the arc of how it's going to go. It reminds me of each other. Simmons knows that's not his city. That's Embiid city. And this sounds very hot takey. I apologize. It's just, I think all, the one thing we've learned this decade is all of these guys want their own team. And even Durant I, I, who goes to somebody else's team and now two years in, it doesn't seem like he's happy. So, well, let's, I don't know. We the jury's still out on the composition and disposition and demeanor and psychological makeup of of Ben Simmons. What if he turns out to be a person whose composition and disposition is more like Paul George? I don't because think because we're I don't seeing the very, true. very, very best Paul George right now. That's a reminder of the very, very best Paul George from a handful of years ago. And the thing that we have learned about him is he loves. Being a second banana. That's not he Simmons. He loves being in the position with, Simmons, the, with the pressure off, right? No, nah, I think Simmons is the opposite. I think he wants to be the guy. He's dating Kendall Jenner. Well, here's the thing. He if wants to be a celebrity. True, if what you're saying is true, then we would see his ass in the gym shooting three-pointers properly. Because Listen, that's, it, what a, that's what an alpha dog does. But an maybe he's doing it. Get, no, no, no. He ain't doing it because he's not taking any threes in games. He's well, not taking threes when it matters. Here's the other reason. And look, I don't think they're trading him. I'm not saying, please don't do a blog headline where it's like Simmons thinks Philly's going to trade Simmons. <laughs> I guess that'd be weird <laughs> if we were about the headline. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Embiid's a lock. He's going to be on Philly. Doncic is a lock. He is going to be on Dallas. Jokic is a lock. He's going to be on Denver. There's a world in where Simmons isn't on Philly sometime in the next three, four years. And it's partly that whole who's whose city, whose team is this thing. I'd it's like also to be like, on record. I would think, I think that's a dumb world. If that well, hold on. Pass. The basketball fit of those two guys isn't perfect either. And that's the other thing that um, is a little elephant in the roomy. Like if you're going to really have the right team around Embiid, you, you really want spacers and like that. The fact that Simmons can't shoot, it does make them easier to stop if you're a good team. And, but that that's precisely the point. And, and the way I would, uh, finish the sentence you just authored the basketball fit isn't right for those two dudes i would say yet 
It ain't right yet. But remember how early in their basketball careers those two guys are. They haven't played a ton of games together. They had the great good fortune to be in the playoffs together. There's nothing like the playoffs to, to find out what kind of, you know, the NBA playoffs are the real truth serum in terms of what's inside of, of dudes like Simmons and Embiid. And I thought, they were the, you know this, they were awfully competitive. They gave your boys the Celtics everything they I, wanted. I love I love the ceiling of what they have. I mean, in, in this trade value thing, first of all, I put Simmons eighth. It's not like I don't think he's incredible. I put his ceiling as MVP. <laughs> I also had Embiid ceiling as MVP. Pretty good ceiling. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, if Dallas was like, we'll give you Doncic for Simmons, I think Philly would do that. That's why I had Doncic ahead of him. Or at least if they didn't do it, they'd at least have a seven hour meeting about it, which is part of the point of this trade value thing. The tougher one for me was like, so I have Embiid six and Jokic seventh. And those guys have big salaries. And, you know, Doncic is making 6.6 this year, 7.7 next year, eight the year after. It's it's just significant to get him on that contract versus paying Jokic. He's going to be making 32.5 million a year in a couple of years. Um, so anyway, Tatum is ninth. Um, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. So hit, hit the brakes. <laughs> well, how did Jalen Jacoby do it? Keep moving or hit the brakes. Soft move, boss move. No, no, they, they have another thing. Hit the brake. cultural, or regional, soft move or boss move, hit the brakes or keep moving. All right. So you're hitting the brakes on me. <laughs> I'm hitting the brakes on you. This is, I want to be fair about it. Are you going to call me a homer right now? No, I'm not. I'm. I don't care about whatever your motivations are. Jason Tatum inside the top 10, he, he's not in the same class as Embiid or Doncic. It's, he, 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 it's okay to go ahead and, and, and call him in the same vein as, as Simmons, I, I, I guess. But he, he doesn't – there's no scenario under which – I think we're going to see Jason Tatum ever show up on a list that's that's an MVP list for the National Basketball Association. I think you're wrong. Based I on, I just think he, I think he has all of what it takes to score as a forward. Now, is he going to put it together? I don't know, but athletically, the shots, um, the hunger to get better. Even if you look at. Look, I don't think he's going to be good, as good as Durant. But if you just look at where Durant was when he was age 20 versus Tatum was when, when he was age 20 and just their ability, the shots that they could already make and the spots they can get on the floor and do stuff, um, that's that's why he's there. Because he has the chance to be... He's a preternatural He's a chance to be, yeah, a 29 to 30 point a game score, I think is I in the cards this. for him. You so cannot, that's why he has to be there. You can't look at me in the face and tell me that he that that there's a, a a scenario under which any team that has Kawhi Leonard on it would consider trading Kawhi Leonard for uh Jason Tatum without it being a hostage situation. Yeah, but this I is mean, the whole you, point of the trade. The is DeMar DeRozan, but that was a hostage situation. No, first of that all was, that was first of all, that's how low Kawhi's trade value was. And Kawhi, the next guys in this list are Durant, James Harden, and Kawhi. Kawhi has limited trade value because he's a free agent. You're trading for somebody you 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 there's no way in hell 
that the Celtics would give up Tatum for four months of Kawhi and then cross their fingers and hope he doesn't go to the Clippers or the Lakers. They're not doing that. That's you're, why you're his right trade value that. is down. But if they had Kawhi for some period of time, they absolutely positively without yeah, but that, but hesitation. They don't. He's a free agent. A reservation he's a free agent. They would trade him for Kevin Durant too if he got five years of Kevin Durant, but he's a free right. agent. Right. So yes. that's the point of the trade value. <laughs> Durant, Durant locked up for four years for Jason Tatum. The Celtics do that in five seconds. But but look, the Celtics are in the position right this second of having the the flexibility to bring in a guy of Kawhi's ilk and sign him to a long term deal. Well, how do they know Kawhi's going to sign in Boston? And how do we know he's healthy? Remember, it wasn't. Uh, by the way, that trade he's played was a bunch of games. He looked pretty good to me. That trade was not just Kawhi for DeRozan. Like they, they Danny Green was in there who plays crunch time for Toronto. Pirtle's in there who actually was. Uh, starting to play pretty well for San Antonio, but, and that was really the best they can do. And I, I don't, but that's I like, because we, nobody knew what was going on with his leg. Nobody knew for sure. We had to see the games out of him before anybody could tell how that trade, whether that trade made sense or not. So you're saying Toronto calls the Boston and says, we'll give you Kawhi for Jason Tatum. Um, and the Baines contract, just throw, throw some contracts together and we'll make it work in the trade machine. Let's do it right now. You really think the Celtics would do that? And just, oh my just God, hope, are you kidding me? They would hope, the Celtics hope Kawhi win the NBA championship? Are you kidding me? You're, the, the, Kawhi Leonard play almost single-handedly until that cheater from, from uh, where is he, from Georgia, uh, the country Georgia, until Zaza the cheater uh, uh, tried, tried to ruin Kawhi's career, Kawhi was single-handedly going to make that Spurs-Golden uh, State series interesting. The Spurs were going to win game one, and that series was going to be a little bit interesting at least. And then it's Pass. all, you know, we, we have to live in the, in the, in the bad history that, that devol devolved since then. Pass. I'm not going to argue with you about this because what, I, what I've realized over the last three minutes, you know how when, when your kids have like a play date with other kids – and the other kid is behaving really badly. And you don't blame the kid. You blame the parents. That kid was raised wrong. It's the parents' fault the kid is behaving this way. That's what you're like now as, as a trade person because you've been raised Name by- Name me. No, listen, here. listen. No, listen. Go ahead. You've been finish. raised, you've been weaned the tutelage of Ernie Grunfeld for the last 16 years. You don't even know what a tr good trade is anymore. No. Your GM Let, makes terrible listen. trades. Your GM would Name probably me. trade Jason Tatum for Kawhi Leonard. He did it in 2009. He traded the fifth pick. You could add Steph I'm Curry. I'm looking at the credentials He right traded now. the fifth pick for Mike Miller and Randy Foy. That's what, that's the DNA that you have as a trade expert. You, you outlined for me a ceiling that's based on Jason Tatum's offensive prowess. Yeah. I concede it. Here is the resume for this dude whose name begins with a K and ends with a Leonard. All defensive. I, Three I know time his resume. First, one time second. Defensive player of the year, 2015-2016. I'm well aware. And have you seen He's the been memes, great. the clips, the gifts? He's of great. Him playing defense this is, year. Is he signing with me? How do I know? M maybe. Maybe so. I'm not trading Jason Tatum for a maybe. What are you talking about? That's crazy. Well, Davis. Oh, Kawhi would just you went do to it for Anthony Davis? Yes. I would trade him and Horford for Anthony Davis, but I don't. I think there's some. I think there's some rule that they're not allowed to do that, though. 
I, and this whole thing where Kyrie was the franchise guy. Oh, and, right, right, and right. And Davis is also a franchise guy, and you can't have two guys it's in called, the same team. What's it called? It's called You're what? Right. Yeah, it's called the Windhorse Rule. Windhorse was the one who I think stumbled across it. But yeah, but so, it has a name. There's there's a name for those types of players. Yeah, I I would trade, I would trade, uh, I would trade Tatum and Horford for Davis. I think because Davis is still young. And it, but here's the thing: if I'm doing that, I, Davis better tell me he's signing with me before we even do it. Like well, I, you have Davis. I need to take his blood of, of Kawhi on here. You have Davis at two on this list, which is not really something. That I don't. I, would I have no idea. I think Kawhi is a really strange guy. I think what happened last year in San Antonio was really strange. I think it's strange that he's just this blank slate about whether he likes Toronto or not. Like he's in a pretty good situation there, but it really does. It seems like he doesn't know where he's going to play next year. I don't think any of it is strange. I think he had a, a tough leg injury that was tough to diagnose, and there was a communication problem in San Antonio that caused him to lose confidence in in the folks. He didn't. He he came to believe that they didn't have his best interests at heart. And once that happens, once that trust is violated for for a guy that's relying on on his legs for his livelihood, it's tough to get that back. And then it became you know a marriage that couldn't be repaired. And the jury's still out about what's going to happen in Toronto. All I know is they've been in the top three of all the teams in the NBA all season long. They've served notice that they intend to kick ass all season long. And I think they're a legit contender to win the East. And I agree. Actually put up a pretty interesting fight against the Warriors this this uh, this June. I agree with you. I would not trade Jason Tatum for a guy who might leave me in four months. I think that's crazy. Wouldn't do it. I just think it's I'd a little I'd trade him for four more narrow. years. I think it's a little narrow. I would trade him for Davis. I get Davis for this year and next year. And then uh and then all the way through. Hey, hold on, we can take a break, talk about State Farm. They're here to help the trades go right. As we've been talking about, you can check out my trade value guide right now live on the ringer. dot com. It's gonna be up all weekend. It's it's a living, breathing organism. It's gonna change next month. It's like uh, I was watching Predator on the airplane. It's going to be like Predator. All of a sudden, it'll wake up. The rankings will be different. Uh, we're going to talk about Carl Anthony Towns really quick on this. I had I him- I want some help. Could State Star Farm write me a, a Uber policy? I need to keep my rating high. When I get in the Uber tonight after this podcast to, 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 to go home, yeah. I'm going to need them to- uh, I need some insurance against my rating. Well, if you have State Farm insurance, I mean, that'd be great. You get an agent. Maybe that agent can help a, you out. I need a Uber, some uh, some Uber insurance. Tell your keep State my, Farm keep, agent I need to five, get your rating up. Five-star insurance. So Towns I had at 16. He leaves me cold when I go to watch him in person. He disappears. I don't like his body language, but he puts up stats, and I don't know what to make of him. He would drive me crazy if he was Celtics' best player. Did I have him too high or too low at 16? I think he's in the right place at 16. It's assuming uh, you got to get there, the Aaron Fox out of 15. I mean, that's just crazy. Well, he's staying he, there he and he might go higher. the same conversation as the Aaron Fox. I've made the point. The interesting thing with Carl Anthony Towns is we are rewriting his narrative as we speak. So I don't, you and I saw him live together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, back in, in October in Los Angeles. Seems sad. And I agree with you. He left me cold as well. I was wondering, you know, when it was that he might assert himself. But this was in the doldrums of the Jimmy Butler soul-sucking era. Yeah. And 
They he he's shown signs of life. I'm very interested in watching him play with my own two eyes live. So I have to go to a game to see the T Wolves. I want to see what he looks like. I want to see how he's asserting himself. I want to see the reaction to his teammates around him. All the kinds of things that that the body language doctor, you your own self, take into account when you're watching a game with your own two eyes live. I want to see KAT now that he has been unburdened with the 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 basketball cancer, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh I want to get to NFL picks so quickly. Check out the whole list if you want to check it out. There's honorable mention guys in there, a whole bunch of things. Just two more guys I wanted to mention, then we'll do the picks. I had Draymond Green at 28. Too high or too low? The guy can't shoot anymore. Have you seen, have you watched the Warriors games? Teams are treating him like, like, uh, I don't know, like he's George Marison from 25 feet. Like they're, they're like, I think please we're shoot. in an impossible moment. We wondered when the time was going to come. With Golden State, we anticipated it could be this this season where they just officially stopped giving a crap during the regular season. They showed signs of it last season. We both went under on the win total for Golden State this year. They just really can't be bothered. And, you know, Draymond, as has been observed a million times before, he's the straw that stirs the drink. If he's not out there, first of all, he hasn't been healthy for a good chunk of the first third of the season. But if he's not out there agitating and getting technicals and mixing it up with other guys and, you know, doing the kind of stuff you want that dirty dog to do, it's very hard to get a read on, you know, how, how his value translates and, and, you know, whether or not uh, he, he the, the what he's going to be able to deliver to them come playoff time is, is really still in the kitchen. You know what I mean? House. Two years yeah. ago. 2015-16 season, 14, 10, and 7 every night. 49%, 39% from 3, 19.3 PR. Last year, goes down to 11, 8, and 7. Three-point goes down to 30%. This year, is 6, 8, and 7. Three-point now at 21%. This is, not a, this is not a slump, and this is not an effort thing. The fucking guy can't shoot anymore. You can't shoot. Teams, all, all and it that, started last year. Is, Teams were like, please shoot the three. And then he made a couple in the playoffs. But for the most part, that was part of Houston's strategy, playing Golden State. Please shoot, Draymond. And now it's to the point where they're playing four on five offensively because his guy is just dipping down seven feet from the basket. He's got this year 17.5, next year 18.5. Had a huge thing with Durant that was really bad. And, you it know. Was bad. Uh, if if Durant ends up going, I I wouldn't be surprised. But um, and whether that has to do the Draymond thing, who knows? But it just see it's the kind of thing that went well beyond the whole oh teammates. It's like a marriage team. This is seems a little darker than that. But uh, I don't know what kind of trade value he would have, and who you're trading for. Still- like the other guys in this list are Gobert is twenty five, Beal twenty six, George twenty seven. Draymond twenty eight and CJ McCollum, CJ McCollum twenty nine. That was they're all in their own group. I you could talk me into I have Draymond two, ten spots too high. But is he now as a defensive specialist? Because that's kind of where he he's he's going to end up as a defensive specialist and a guy that is really a defensive architect. He's a defensive quarterback. How does that value translate come playoff time? 
He only really needs to be a, a medium level threat from three offensively. That's really the only thing. He needs to be able to stand at the free throw line and pass the ball properly. And but he, he can't needs to do that. Down like but if he can't do that, three if, threes. If he Can can't do, do that, we're in trouble. Well, that's it. That's it. There. I mean, that that's really the, the difference between whether or not Golden State wins the championship again. But the defensive part of it is the thing that that distinguishes him, and that's all whether or not he's healthy, and that's effort, and that's where his you know where wherever his mindset is come playoff time. All his value is there in that you know that stretch from April to June, whatever his energy level is, how his health is, and his mindset to go be that defensive dog. The other guy I want to mention, I have Marvin Bagley at 35. And he was in the 50s at one point when we were doing this list. He's kind of winning me over. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's somebody that just is a great guy to have in your fantasy league. If he's somebody who's going to be the summer league MVP next summer, and that'll be the highlight of his career. Or if he's somebody that might have a chance. But I like how hard he plays. I, I think he's... He's got really lively legs. Like uh, his ability to go up, come down, and and all of a sudden he's back up for the second rebound. Like he's he's just really active. And uh, I think that was part of the um, you know makeup, part of the description. I think KOC or one of one of the guys, one of the ringer draft guys. You know, you're you're hitting on Titus. one of the high, highlights of his you know draft resume, and it's what obviously made him attractive. To Sacramento, uh, they still have, still a mistake. To, <laughs> still, they still should have taken. They Dacic. have to forever live with with that mistake. That's right. I was just going to say it, but but he's not a bust, and he's he's he's, he's going to be a really and good NBA player. I think it turned out to be a terrific situation for him. Like you know, it, the, he he has the 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 opportunity to to not have to try and operate in a spotlight with the light shining on him, where the franchise is counting on him. This is why I'm impressed with Aiton. Aiton does have the spotlight on him. He was the number one overall selection, and you know there's a, lots of, of uh, questioning around him over Doncic and whether you know he was the right guy at that place. And, and he's been – his efficiency is incredible. And it looks like it's only headed in one direction. It seems Wait, like it's going to be Wait, we need to about, argue about this. Go ahead. How many times have you seen him? Uh, I, I've never sat down and watched a Phoenix Suns game from the beginning to the end. He played well against the Celtics last night and it made me regret having him 24 because I had caught him on a couple other nights. The effort seems to come and go. His, he gets, he had a habit and hopefully this is just a habit that he can break out of. He's getting empty stats. He would end up with a 16 and 10, but it just was like, eh. If you actually watched it, you're like, ah, that guy's... You know, the the smarter teams on defense are able to just basically, you know, they he can't shoot for more than, I don't know, 16, 17 feet. And, yeah. uh, and it just, it was like, what is this? Does this guy make sense and where basketball is going? But then you watch a game like, like what happened with the Celtics last night where him and uh, Rashawn Holmes like just killed the Celtics on the board and he was active. So now I don't know what to think. He's on a team that has no point guard. He's on a team that the the coach might be terrible. We're not sure, but it certainly has been a rocky start. And Coach I'm, Igor, and, yeah, Igor, and then uh, and then the Doncic thing. He's got that thing too. I don't know where it's going. He might be Michael Lacandy. 
I don't know. He might be way better than that. I don't know. I nah, the first 30 games, that'll be a fun comparison. I'll go look on the internet and try and do a first 30 game comparison. I think he's exactly where he should be uh, on, on a team that's actively trying to lose games. You know, every, once every three games, they galvanize. They come together. Let's go try and win one. They sniff one. They want to make a point against the rest of the league. Last night was on NBA TV against the Celtics. That was pretty impressive. He he played really well. That was his best game of the year last night. So maybe he heard about the trade value list. You know, <laughs> I got to say, the Suns are so fucking stupid. They're just the dumbest team. Like they, they Is that your, your analysis? No, they're so stupid, though. I mean, I put in the column about how they somehow ended up with five small forwards over the last two years with lottery picks and trading up and free agent thing. But even like the way they handled the Tyson Chandler and Austin Rivers buyouts, those guys are expiring contracts. That's one of the best commodities to have. They kept it. They, they gain nothing out of getting rid of Tyson Chandler other than they get the other guys more playing time. But you don't have to do that in November. Keep him. Right. He's making like 13, something like that. Rivers is making like 12. Now you package those two together. Now you have 25 million in expirings. You can actually go get somebody for that. You know who you get? Your boy John Wall. Well, whether they get somebody or not, though, that's that's the way you, you work your way into getting additional picks at a, at a minimum because you become the third team yeah. facilitating teams that are wanting to do principal deals, principal to principal deals. You create you're, – you're the vehicle with that cap space with those expirings. Uh, yeah, it was the same thing with the, – the, the Knicks did the same thing. Look. The Knicks bought out Joakim Noah, and then their fans were like, well, we wouldn't have had Noah Vonley that way. It's like, well, you could have waived Ron Baker. Um but keep Joakim Noah because especially with if you have a chance to get KD next summer, the you could either stretch the Noah thing out a year from now or use him as an expiring to get somebody else or whatever. These teams, I, I would never buy out an NBA player. I, I just don't get it. I in, Unless until it's after the trade is, deadline. Unless his name is Dwight Howard, I agree with you. Mm. All right. Well, House, you're gonna come back on in January. Before I come up with uh, whatever the January ranking is, where we'll have write-ups for the 55 guys, and I'll get your help. I've, he I've heard your case on all of these different things, um, and now America knows that you would trade Jason Tatum for four months of Kawhi Leonard. And oh, in a heartbeat. You're earning two, I, 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 okay, I'm earning 2.0. Great, I'm excited. I'm, I appreciate you inviting me back on. Come on in January, because the real NBA season is about to get started. It starts on Christmas, all those games. And boy, we're about to start getting uh, interesting. It's my, my favorite time of the year in the NBA. It starts on Christmas. All right. Uh, we're going to take one quick break and then do NFL picks. Let's talk about Microsoft Surface. If you need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team, check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor. It's everything you love about the Surface Pro. Now, even more powerful. Check it out, the Microsoft Surface. And speaking of things to check out, check out theringer.com. Check out our end of the year stuff and check out our merch. We have a whole bunch of new merch, sweat uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts. What? Really? Awesome. Well, relatively new. All right, cool. Sorry. You've seen some of it. Brought some home for my daughter. All right, cool. Kyle, you're fine. You have plenty of Ringer merch. I do. I'm sorry. 
but America doesn't. Go to the ringer.com slash shop. Check out uh, all of our merch. Back to house. All right. Uh, I lost 300K last week. I'm still up $4.195 million on the million dollar NFL picks. Last week I had- I'm, I'm happy. You, you kicked me off last week. Because I talked you out of a bunch of money lines that you could have. Uh, yeah, you after sucked. the Patriots took you and did a Dwight Howard on you. Yeah, uh, but but you're still above four million dollars. Congrats! <laughs> Thank you. Um, I really like two games, and I'm going to seek your counsel on the third. Uh oh! But before I do that, is there any game you love this week? There, the, there, there are two games where I feel like the 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 line's kind of crazy. The Saints have not been good in about a month. Yeah, I'm not sure why the Steelers are getting five and a half points. I I, I know um, James Conner's questionable. Yeah, um, but I I thought the Steelers last week served notice to us once again that it is December. They're in a stretch run. Seeding matters. Now I don't. I didn't look at the um the playoff diagram to see whether or not they are incented. Uh, they, they 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 have locked up the the AFC North for all intents and purposes. Who I has? Know there's the 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 Steelers. There's scenarios under which Baltimore could still sneak in there, but but uh, the Steelers have locked it up for for all intents and purposes, right? No, this is a worse take than your Kawhi Leonard pick. <laughs> I'm a, what do you mean? I almost want to edit this out, but then, but then, f you, you after you diss Jason Tatum, Pittsburgh's eight five and one, and Baltimore's eight and six. So if Baltimore wins this week and Pittsburgh loses, Baltimore takes control of the. And Baltimore's AFC North. on the road at, at San Diego this week with with yeah, with with the 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 Louisville kid playing quarterback. Yeah. It's winnable. That that that's the best defense that Baltimore will have faced in the six games since that I they know. started dabbling with him at did quarterback. You, did you see the Lamar Jackson passing yard stats? They're pretty brutal. It's like 150 I mean, it yards was, a game. It, I still like them. I wish the Pats had taken them, but damn. Sure. All right. So you like you like you you think Pittsburgh's intriguing. What was the other one you liked? Um <laughs> this is this is a kiss of death. Can you believe that the Washington Deadskins are still in the hunt for the NFC East? Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's really I can't, it, I can't it, believe it. It, it. It's it's just unbelievable. Them getting 10 points in a game where the two teams might score 25 points combined. I like it because Tennessee is is, is terrible. And and Washington is terrible also, and I think the two of them are combined are going to score like twenty seven points, and so Washington getting ten points in the, under that scenario, I like I like the Deadskins. Yeah, what's the money line on that game? Oh, I let's look. I mean, the Deadskins are getting ten. Yeah, so you have to be like you have to be like plus three three eighty maybe. I'm gonna look oh, at no, it right I'm now. Looking it up right now. God, four thirty five. Plus four thirty five, and the over under is thirty seven and a half. How much of Josh Johnson? Josh Johnson, did you watch last week? He he's an American hero. He was playing <laughs> high school football. I, I watched enough. He can run. It, it hurt. I couldn't believe my eyes. It's a radical thing to see a Washington quarterback who can generally, you know, since RG three, I felt like it was the second coming of RG three. Wow. Wow. Maybe I'll throw a hundred bucks on that house. Or two, or it's I'm sorry, two hundred thousand. It's dumb. It's okay, why talk me out. before Great. I said it, I Thanks. laughed like a like okay. a like a drunk maniac. It's well, you really are a drunk dumb, maniac, but 
All right, here are my picks. Huh? You are a drunk maniac. Here are my picks. Um, <laughs> so I took a long, I'm not doing this, but I took a long, 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 lusty look at the Seahawks plus two and a half at home in a night game. It just seems like, wow, what a lack of respect. Classic. I watched, nephew Kyle and I watched the entire Niners game. As Kyle's fa- uh, girlfriend FaceTimed him and kept interrupting him. Oh my God. Oh um, my God. One time. Is that no, still going like on? You weren't even in the room. Same yeah, girlfriend. Five times. Get out of here. FaceTimed her. Oh, kept, man. Same girlfriend. Of, yeah, a lot of it. She's back. She's back for the holidays. <laughs> How's Dr. Bill feel about that? Well, we're going to talk to him later about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we watched that whole game. It was pouring rain. Seattle clearly was looking ahead to the Chiefs and the Niners played really well. And it was kind of one of those games like, really, they're going to lose this? And then they ended up losing in OT. And I do wonder if they were looking ahead a little bit to this. You watch the Chiefs, not a great defense, not a good defense, <laughs> not a mediocre no, defense. No. It's a below not, average not a defense. defense. You can run the ball down their throats. I love the way uh, Chris Carson's running the ball this year. And unfortunately, I traded him in fantasy. It was one of the reasons I lost. But uh, really, really, really running with some vigor. And man, I, I keep looking at this going, doesn't this just seem like a classic? They run the ball down the Chiefs' throat. Mahomes barely gets the ball and the crowd gets involved. And with all that said, something's keeping me away. Something scares me. Well, the money line's only plus 115. I don't like it. And they're plus two and a half. If it was like three, I would would be on it. But the two and a half, I don't love. And I'm also not positive Seattle is that good. That's the other thing. I think Seattle's good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But there might be a level they can't go to. You know, this is, this KC is from a talent standpoint, a top five team. I like the Damian Williams uh, running back that, was in there and was running on the Chargers a little bit last week. He's yet another guy who's better than any Patriot running back. So I'm going to stay away, but I just wanted to pay respect to the Seahawks as a home dog in a night game. Feels like such a rare opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah. But they've lost six games. Um, All right, here's what I got going, House. I am all in on this Nick Foles thing. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm 100% all in. And nothing would make me happier than Nick Foles keeps winning and the annoying, obnoxious Eagles fans who have tormented me all year are going to have to come to grips with the fact that their uh, their hero, Carson Wentz, isn't even the best quarterback on his own team. I want Nick Foles to keep winning and playing well. I think that he gives the team a little bit of life. They really looked like the Eagles on Sunday night. And, uh, and I don't think Houston's very good. I, I keep going against them. Um... At least in my picks, Paul, I stopped betting against them until this week. But I watched that entire Jets game last week. I was not impressed. And I really felt like a couple stupid plays and all of a sudden they somehow win by seven and they cover. Jets kicker missed two extra points. And it was just, it, the teams well, were even and, and, and the Jets and aren't the good. the Jets went for it from their own 25-yard line. They gave that, that, that the, the cover came because of the, yeah, the turnover exactly. on downs. The Jets did not have to go for it at that point. They could have punted. They still had the, the timeouts. I thought they, I thought the Jets and Texans looked even from a talent standpoint. Jets have a pass rush. They have one great receiver who made an incredible play on the touchdown drive that they needed. Their quarterback's good. But, um, 
they, I just don't think they're that good. And Philly's still well, playing how, for how a chance this? to make the playoffs. I had the same reaction when Houston came to Washington. Houston and Washington were were, were functional equivalents. Now that's the game that uh, Alex Smith had his leg detached to his bo- from his right. body. So best of luck to Alex Smith. I hope everything works out. I don't know if he's going to have an NFL career any further, but he seems like a good dude, and I hope to see him on TV. And I hope life, you know, goes great for him. Seven, whatever that contract is, ought to ought to, ought to help the contract Danny Snyder yep. uh, guaranteed for him. Um, I'm right there with you. I've been watching Philadelphia pretty intently. Uh, I went, uh, got together with some pals over the Thanksgiving holiday and watched them play Dallas. That was a, a, a very enjoyable football game. I was super impressed by Philadelphia, in my opinion. My takeaway from that game was, boy, Carson Wentz really effed them. Yeah. He kept throwing balls behind dudes. Like, yeah. what's the scenario? I asked those guys. They felt like I was... Uh, you know, uh, trolling them. I was like, "What? At what point does does fall? You have to start thinking about falls. You can't keep throwing behind receivers in these games where you know it's it's a uh, it's a hairline difference between winning and losing." Well, he brings he brings a calm to them. He got Alshon Jeffrey involved again, and he brings God. He brings you know those what three else things. He brings? Yeah, luscious lips. Have you seen his <laughs> lips? He's got beautiful lips, Nick Foles. Who um, thunk? I like December is the month where at least one team, something weird happens and they get weird momentum or whatever the fuck. And it just feels like something's going on here. I can't believe they're only laying two points. I can't believe it. This is one of my favorite picks of the, of the entire year. I love Philly. So I'm putting $1.1 million to win a million on that one. Here's the other one. The Bears are in San Francisco. San Francisco has won two games in a row. They beat Denver 20 to 14. They beat Seattle in overtime. A game which I watched in its entirety. The quarterback actually played pretty well in that game. They I like their defensive coordinator. I thought the team played hard. And it really seemed like they wanted to avenge the Seattle beating that they had gotten a couple weeks ago. Receiver made a couple play. They got some luck. Janikowski... Screwed up. They got a special teams touchdown. I'm not sure if they played that game 10 times and it was good weather and not pouring rain. Um, I think Seattle probably wins. But my point is that was probably their Super Bowl. They've won two straight. This does not seem, is, is a team with, who's it, Nick Mullins? Yes. Yes. That's They're going to win three straight with Nick Mullins? They can and, do it. And well, Brita? They're getting four. I like Brita. Right? Hey. The, the magic number here. They're they're above the magic number of three. Well, here, well, here's what I got for you, House. I got the Bears okay. going to San Francisco. Talk me into they're it. They're laying four, but they're minus one ninety on the money line. The Bears, no. the Bears win this game, they lock up the three seed. There's a scenario okay. where Dallas could win two and the Bears lose two, and the three seeds in jeopardy. Um, I talked to Big Cat Robert Mays. Um, yes, and. Bengal Bob. I called him Big Cat Robert Mays for some reason. No offense to uh, Big Cat out there. Shout out to the Big Cat. <laughs> we no, love Big Cat. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago's own Big Cat. I didn't mean to slander him. Yeah, you, it's, uh, it's easy to confuse the Big Cats. Yeah, and the Bengal Bob. I wonder if they've ever hung out. Uh, but I asked Bengal Bob, who's followed this Bears team very closely. He says they're, the gas pedal, the foot might be off it a tiny bit. He's worried about the Eddie Jackson thing. But still feels like it's not going to be a no-show. 
So it sounds like a sweated out, you know, but here's the thing. Their defense is fucking awesome. And Nick Mullins is a third string quarterback and that should matter. They win this game. They're done. They can rest everyone in week 17. And uh, I want to take that 190 and I want to put that with the Browns minus Mm. 460. They're 10 point favorites over the Bengals and that Driscoll guy who's terrible. Little Hugh Jackson revenge game house. Oh, I like right? this. They already got a little revenge on Hugh, but now they're getting more revenge. You put those two together, Bears minus 190, Browns minus 460. Uh, that is 1.19 million to win a million are the odds. It's so that, minus that's a money line parlay. Minus 119. You got to pay, basically, it's a minus 120. You got to pay 120 to win 100. Minus, yeah. That's how it kind of translates, huh? Right, minus 119. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like it. I, I I don't have any reason to dissuade you from from Cleveland or Chicago. If I had a million dollars, I might bet a million dollars on that one. One point one nine million. I just don't have it. So, well, you're not up four point one million dollars like I am. I have a huge nest egg. <laughs> it's true. I uh, I should mention, and we're going to talk about the Pats with my dad in a second. Took a long, long look at Bills plus thirteen, and there are a variety of cases for it. Running. Kyle, turn your mic on for this one. You're going to want to hear this. Uh, first of all, nephew Kyle and I are not going to be watching this game together. That's always bad. You realize like when he shows up on time for a Pats game, we're undefeated. Touchdown. When he shows up late, when his girlfriend's FaceTiming him, it always goes bad. Hey, I walked in last week and I got a touch. We got a touchdown. Yeah, as soon as I walked you were in. down seven nothing though because you were late. Does it matter what he smells like? What if the mango vape? What if the mango vape is in effect? Is that a thing? <laughs> mango vape. <laughs> That's going to be the name of his podcast, Mango Vape. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> Come on, y'all. So, second game against a division rival. I always like the second time the teams play. I, I, you know, you have a feel for each other at that point. Josh Allen running quarterback's problem. The Bills have a really, really good defense. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. That's the reason not to do this. But the bet I was looking at, the Pats are favored by 13. It's like nobody's watched them. You know, now Josh Gordon's out. Gronk's a shell of himself. It's really hard for them to move the ball. It's cold out. I just don't think the Pats are going to score a lot of points in this game, which led me to Pats under 29.5 points. The over-under for their points in this game is 29 and a half. Yeah. So here's the over-under for the entire game is 44 and a half. Right. I like this. So the question is, can they get to 30 points? And if you look at it, their offense, they scored the most points this year. They were pretty prolific, but Gordon was involved. And now, no Gordon. Gronk seems really banged up. Uh, the run game, they're, they're just, it's like running back at back committee. None of them have been good. And uh, they got away from James White. The case for them to score points is they're going to get back to being the Pats. A lot of James White. A lot of screens, a lot of things. But the real problem with the Pats this year is it's a pretty easy offense to figure out. When they're not playing no huddle and spreading everybody out and they're just trying to play traditional, they really have trouble moving the ball. They scored 10 points in Pittsburgh, House. It's embarrassing. 10 points in Pittsburgh? The the concern I would have with that 29 and a half is the best way to, to, to beat Buffalo is to keep that defense on the field and do a lot of dinking and dunking, which is kind of the Patriots way. And that's what I think you're talking about in terms of, you know, short ball control offense that's run, run through the pass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't need 
28 points will win the game. It's it, it's a game that's setting up for like 28-14 or something like that. They might cover that 13 and a half. I'm seeing 13 and a half right now. They might cover the 13 or 13 and a half. 13 and a half. But 28 points wins the game, and that's at this stage what they need. They need the W, right? Yeah, and then Buffalo on the other side is going to try to, you know, it's not like they're going to be flinging the ball around. They have one receiver, and he was in their practice squad four weeks ago. Um, that guy, what's his name, Foster? He's had three straight 100-yard games. Who? Guy in Buffalo. Oh. Some Buffalo dude. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're on like, uh, they have practice squad dudes everywhere. That's the reason not to take them. My question is, can the Pats get to 30? And I would say no. I'm not going to bet it because I don't feel rational about the Pats right now. I don't, I don't trust my own instincts on it. You know, when you're mad at your team or you're upset, it's not a good time to bet them. So I'm staying away from well, that. Well, maybe your dad will talk you into one way or the other. And my dad is more upset than I am. I also was looking at the Saints minus six as more of a I don't like Pittsburgh bet, but I think you're right. I the Saints have been they've shown a lot of moxie these last few weeks. They've been on the road for a month. They won a couple tough road games. And the case for them in this game is they're home. They got their shit back together. But I haven't liked what I've seen from Breeze these last few weeks. And it seems like uh they're having trouble throwing the ball, just point blank. So I was so upset that uh, I missed the opportunity to gamble on Philip Rivers as the MVP. Oh you, my God! You guys talked about you and we didn't do it. Talked about then you tweeted it. You didn't do it. No, we. Sal and I were at a party on Wednesday night. We pulled up the odds. It was twenty two to one. It was plus twenty two hundred. Brother Bry was there. We all talked about it. We all agreed the odds were too high. And then, as usual, we did nothing. And now it's plus 550. I mean, those are you. That's three of the biggest. By the way, speaking of degenerate gamblers, that, that's just an opportunity missed because you didn't have the California gambling app on your, the Los Angeles gambling app on your phone, yeah. able to place the bet as it occurs to you. I think that's coming here to the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. Gambling <laughs> is legal, and my wife is taking the mortgage out of my name. She's moving the mortgage out of everything, the bank account out of my name, the mortgage out of my name, life insurance, none of it's going to be under my name anymore. When do you when did do, when does DC officially get gambling? It's a it's a ways away yet. All that happened is the city council, uh, you know, basically passed a resolution. I think the app is dangerous. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, daddy, that's gonna be a problem. But that's but that's the thing. If you had Philip Rivers at twenty two to one staring you in the face, yeah, you just put uh, that one. And you in. had the app. I mean, then yeah. you don't miss that opportunity. Well, he's plus 550 now. The case for him with that bet is the Chiefs lose in Seattle. Breeze has like another ugly game against Pittsburgh. And Rivers takes care of business against Baltimore in a big way. And they win like 32 to 10. And he's got three touchdowns and throws for 350. And everybody's like, whoa, Phil Rivers. Why can't he be the MVP? And now all of a sudden they're the one seed. There's a roadmap for it. I just wish oh, the odds are better. They've been the most impressive team in the NFL the past month, I would say. The problem is they have no home field advantage in LA. And I when they're home, like the line's four and a half. Their line's only four and a half because they don't have a home field advantage. They had a good home field, the line would be seven. It's almost like Vegas docks them two and a half points. All right, so my million dollar picks. Philly minus two over Houston. 1.1 million to win a million. 
Bears minus 190, parlayed with Browns minus 460, 1.19 million to win a million. And staying away from everything else. Joe House, good luck getting that Uber. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I need State Farm to, to give me some assurance on this rating. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to them. Thanks, House. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, before we get to my uh, my dad, just want to talk about the ringer.com one more time. Spread the word for us. We had an awesome year. I'm really proud of uh, everybody, how we've grown as a team, how some of our young ones have gotten a lot better, um, how some of our OGs continue to crank. Uh, you look at our site today, and it's just awesome. We have so much good stuff. Brian Curtis wrote about Jimmy Pitaro. Jonathan Sharks wrote about Brooke Lopez. I have my trade value column. David Shoemaker wrote about memes. John Gonzalez ranked the NBA's one-name All-Stars. Allison Herman wrote about Netflix, how they're trying to own Christmas. We have Kevin Clark and Robert Mays on football. Roger Sherman rethought the NFL's playoff format. Oh, the 40 best movie musicals of the past 40 years. That's on too. We tried to figure that out. It goes on and on. Check it out. It's a really great website. We're only two and a half years in. And uh, between that and the podcast network, all the videos we're doing, our great video team and everything else, uh, it's been fun to wrap up the year from a position of stability and the chance to just keep getting better at this stuff. I love it. I really do. It's been great. We got 90 people now. It's nuts. Uh, anyway, check it out, theringer.com. Check out the Ringer Podcast Network on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're calling my dad. All right, we are taping... Uh, Around 3.30 Pacific time, Thursday, I flew back from New York today. And uh, some tough news for the Pats. Josh Gordon kind of left the team before it got announced that he's back in whatever that substance abuse program is. It was uh, kind of a fitting end to a terrible Patriots week. Not that America feels bad for us. I know you don't. I'm not expect I'm not asking for sympathy. I know it's been an unbelievable run. It's just... For the first time, I think they're in this entire Belichick-Brady era. You can kind of see the finish line now in a lot of different ways. So, of course, I thought I'd call the one person who's more depressed than I am, my dad. Um, dad, how are you? Are you doing all right? I'm fine. I'm fine. But, it, you know, I, I can't say I'm depressed. I'm very sad on so many levels. I, You know, you and I don't know Josh Gordon. I, I never met him. I certainly knew his history, watched him play this year. Uh, you and I talked during the season. Would he be able to get through the season? I mean, he's been battling such addiction and so many demons for so many years. And we get to the fourth. We get through the fourteenth game of the year, and it looks like with all the protections the Patriots supposedly have put in place, and he's got the locker next to Tom Brady, and he's got his family living with him here. That that maybe things have stabilized. Yeah, and then. And then you find out today that they haven't, and his season is over. And but not so suspended. not surprising though, right? I I can't say I was shocked even one percent, and I think that was. Both. I was a little shocked. Um, you know, if it happened three or four weeks into his season, or five or six weeks, or but we only have two games left, and I, I thought I thought he had made it through the year, and maybe was getting healthier, and. You know, they had a story about him that is, again, like I said, his family had moved up here with him and yeah. he was living near the stadium. And, you know, if all of that can't work, boy, the addiction is so strong that you just you just wonder 
for him whether he can ever beat it, defeat it, you know? Well, uh, this was the reason not to sign him. And I, I, I mean, I was on this podcast before we signed him. This is not an I told you so. It was just a fact of what this was, was that when you, the, the problem with banking on him really is if you get past those first four weeks and then you start to get used to what he can do and then the rug gets pulled out. And I, and it, it goes to a bigger conversation about why they made that gamble in the first place when it was, it was risky, you know, it's risky to get involved with somebody who hadn't really succeeded in football in five years and had a lot of demons and is obviously going through stuff. And the reason they, they did the gamble became pretty clear as the season went along. This isn't a very good team and um, they don't have a lot of talent and they've whiffed on some drafts and now we're here. And this was a little bit of a, I think a little bit of a hail Mary looking back. Well, I, I don't disagree with you. I think football wise, you know, just talking football wise, not, not at all forgetting that somebody is battling an addiction and, and, and he's having a serious relapse, but putting that aside for a minute, it was a gamble. Um, and interest, you know, at, when they traded Brandon Cook and they didn't re-sign Amendola and and they didn't bring back Lewis, uh, their offense was half the offense we had a year ago. Yeah. And they didn't replace it in the draft. So they took a Hail Mary, like you said. And, you know, I, I remember five or six weeks ago, I think Brady threw him t- to him 10 times in the game and it was yeah. like he, he was the main receiver. I think Gronk, maybe Gronk missed that game or maybe he was playing and Brady just kept going to Gordon over and over, almost too much. I, I think the, the the newspapers the next day said that he shouldn't have targeted Gordon, uh, Gordon so much, but nobody else was getting open. And so they, they kind of shifted their offense and, and that, but that's, but, that's the problem with this is that yeah, that is a problem. It was a gamble that it was a gamble that they actually started to rely on him. It wasn't like well, the equivalent they, of they, like if the Celtics well, added out of necessity. If the Celtics added the the basketball equivalent of Josh Gordon, right, and he's playing fourteen minutes a game, and then it goes away, you're okay. You can survive it. This was right. a case where within six weeks he became our most important receiver. And well, he did, and that was a problem. You, you and I, the last two weeks were different. And uh, I mean, last week he got targeted two times and dropped one of the two passes right that were right in his hands. And the week before, I think he was only targeted three times. Something changed, and you know, now you look back, and we don't have any information about what changed, except you know what we're reading today, but. Suddenly, he wasn't being targeted by Brady so much, or or he wasn't getting open, you know. And now you start to wonder, you know, did he relapse three or four weeks ago? And and uh, were they starting to notice it on the field? And da 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 da. But yeah, it's just a, you know, for him and his family, a, a terrible situation. For the Patriots who, as you said, they started to rely on him too much until the last couple of weeks. Well, they, they didn't have a choice. Uh, they're, I mean, they're really in a bind. Yeah, and you look back this week, I I put on Twitter before, I was saying it's probably the bleakest 
week during the regular season that I can remember during the Belichick era, other than the the when Brady tore his ACL, well, which maybe the Hernandez stuff was in there too, though. But. Yeah, that didn't happen during the season, though. No, it didn't. Yeah, I'm just saying, like during the season, Gronk tore his ACL right. once. That sucked. Hurt his elbow another time. But this, the combination of that really discouraging Steelers game, when it was the first time you just kind of look at this team and you're like, wow, this team, the, 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 the switch is just not there this year for what we have. Then the Pro Bowl announcements come out. Two Pro Bowlers, Stephon Gilmore, who's been great this year. And then Brady got it over Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson, which was kind of criminal. It was like a reputation thing. Brady did not deserve to make the Pro Bowl. Other than that, there was nobody that there was even a case for. You know, now, and, you, and well, you go back and you think like that 2014 team, the team that beat Seattle in the Super Bowl, and all the talent that was on that team, you know, right. on both sides of the ball. And I think they had seven Pro Bowlers, but just across the board. And it was really because they had done a bunch of good drafts in a row. And then you look at the drafts that they had the last couple of years, they just haven't gotten anything out of the last three drafts. And if we've learned anything over the years is that is... That is uh, death in the NFL. If you well, miss three straight drafts. Draft. I mean, the mantra here of uh, for so many years in Bill We Trust, uh, in terms of Belichick, it, people aren't saying that anymore. And, you know, it's not just the draft. You, you look at the elite, elite athletes who they've allowed to move on. And maybe they haven't played great in other places, but you can't tell me that we couldn't use Chandler Jones rushing the passer right now. Jamie Collins, I don't know how he's well he's playing or not playing, but he certainly played pretty well for us. And then again, again, you let Amendola, the clutch third down receiver, the last five years, and we don't have that guy this year. Uh, Michelle is is a nightmare. He, you know, he gets hit once and he falls to the ground. As opposed to Lewis, who always seemed to keep bouncing around. Well, you left out. And, you uh, left out the biggest guy they let go, Akeem Hicks. They let him go to the Bears. He's been a monster for the Bears. Right, that was right, terrible. Right. You know, we, we just won't pay people, and, and it's caught up to them. You know, they they they, uh, they they seem to revel in the fact that they have extra money at the end of every year, and meanwhile, the uh, elite type of player, as you said, we had two Pro Bowl players, and Brady certainly shouldn't have been one of them. Well, then you look um, back at the three. I just even let's look at this draft. They uh, they had two firsts and a second. They took well, let me, before you say something. Remember, we're at the Masters in Augusta, Georgia, and I'm tweeting about the draft is going to be right after we return home. Yeah, you're please, excited. Please use one of those two first picks to take Lamar Jackson. Please. Yeah. All right. So what's happened now? Uh, Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland, Baltimore is running off all these games. You can't tell me that we couldn't have thrown Jackson in there to spell Brady to change up on the offense and and do some uh, fascinating offensive things that we're not capable of doing. They just don't make the right picks. Well, you so and I scream every time they trade down. So they took Isaiah Wynn, who's a tackle, pick twenty three. Right. Unfortunately, he got hurt even before the season. They took Michelle at. I think they traded backwards a couple spots, or they were stuck. I can't remember what happened, but they were at no, thirty-one. I don't think so. I, I think they but maybe they were at thirty-one. The yeah, they took them with the pick they got for for uh, Brandon. Cook. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been shocked 
I, I had in my head, I don't follow college football closely. I thought he was going to be this do-it-all running back. He de- He's not a receiver at all. They've thrown to him like seven times, and he can't catch the ball in the backfield. I For what for what they're – if he's just a run-only running back, taking him at the end of the first round is like criminal because you look at all these other teams like, you know, Marlon Mack on Indianapolis. He was a fourth-rounder. Philip Lindsay was undrafted. This guy, Damian yeah, right. Williams, the Chiefs have – who was like an undrafted free agent in 2014. Well, he's bounced that. around. Cleveland Browns took Chubb, <laughs> who was uh, Michelle's teammate at Georgia. Yeah, who's better. Uh, after, and he's better. He's much better. He doesn't go down after the first hit. He keeps running. He gets extra yardage. The other thing with Michelle, he, he doesn't wait for the hole to develop, and he, meaning he's just plowing into his own offensive lineman uh yeah, listen, you know, I'm not I'm not giving up on him. I just assumed if if you're going to take that guy, he's got to be able to yeah, catch the ball to the backfield. A, and he yeah, does, he doesn't catch stud. the ball at all. So right, you assume he's going to be a stud, right? And then uh in the second round, they took a cornerback who's basically been DMP'd. And then you go on down the line, the only other guy was Bentley in the 5th round and and he got hurt. You he go through hurt. their whole draft, Michelle is the only one who's even playing. And I would say he's below average. So that was 2018. 2017, they traded their first for Brandon Cooks. I don't know why. I can't remember why they didn't have a second. And then it was Derek Rivers, Antonio Garcia, and and Dietrich Wise, who's actually been pretty good. He was a fourth rounder. Then you go to 2016. They we lost the pick because the freaking uh the the gate. We lost our first round pick because Kraft caved. So that was one. Then we took Cyrus Jones in the second round. He's on right. Baltimore. Joe Joe Thune, who plays. Jacoby Brissett, we traded. Vincent Valentine, I remember what he does. Malcolm Mitchell's already off the team. You go on down the line, there's three drafts where they just whiffed. And it's like, this isn't yeah. hard to figure out. We don't have any talent. Well, you and I watched the draft, and we talked during the draft, and and we have our... I don't even bother doing it anymore, but I used to have my charts, and you'd, you'd see who everybody is saying is, the next player who really could be good and is sitting there on the board. Yeah. And we go somewhere else over and over and over again. Um, well, can I say, can I theorize one thing on Belichick? Cause my buddy Hench was talking about this. Uh, we were emailing about it and obviously freaking out and, you know, you just, again, you can see the finish line and I know America's happy. I'm not, I'm not asking for sympathy, but we were just talking about how old Belichick is. I think you're like four years older than Belichick. I don't know if it's sustainable for whatever he was doing last decade and his ability over and over again to build the roster, coach, all of these different things. Um, now he's in like his mid sixties, heading into his late sixties. And I, I think about myself. I've already, I already feel like five years ago versus now. I already feel like from my ability to do stuff has slipped. And now I think like seventeen years from now, whatever, like I'm not gonna have the same energy or mental capacity in that stuff. And I just wonder, like, I look at that and I go, oh, shit, maybe, maybe well, this isn't salvageable. If, uh, if he's a great example of, reminds me of Doc Rivers in the Clippers, although maybe that's not a great example. That the uh, Pick your own the, groceries. The person who sh- who's drafting maybe shouldn't be the person who's coaching. But I think he uh, does everything by consensus. And he has that guy, I think that guy, what's that guy's name? Nick Casario, something like that, who's yeah. like their director of scouting. He's the one that let, Hakeem Hicks go, and uh, you know he's know the one that they do those things at the direction of Belichick. 
Yeah, but it, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think he has his little team, his little in, in, inner circle. And obviously the inner circle needs to, needs some help. But, you know, I, I think they traded a couple guys away and you just look at the combination of that with the drafts and then Brady, who's not the same anymore. I mean, no, nobody wants to admit it. And then, well, you, you know, Brady, uh, Belichick made his reputation as a defensive guru. And, uh, that kind of got exposed. That greatly got exposed in last year's Super Bowl, and we should have predicted that they didn't make any major changes in the defense this year. So why was it going to be different? I see. The and, funny uh, thing though is, I think the defense has been pretty good because I think uh, our secondary is good. We can't stop they, the they run. Can't, they can't stop the run. I know, but I mean, our secondary is good this year. I think the defense is better than it was last year. It's still not well, good. Secondary but. is better, except. We rarely get near the quarterback, which means, and, and it was evident last Sunday, uh, Roethlisberger had all day to throw. Yeah. I mean, do you remember him being, like Brady runs around, it looks like he's going to fall down every time because he gets skittish. I don't remember uh, the Pittsburgh quarterback getting skittish. No, the Brady, and Brady's old. He doesn't want to get hit anymore. He's 41. Well, so uh, I think it's changed how he's played. He's not young either, though. True. Well, so that, and then, and then Gronk is, it's, it's just kind of a bummer now. He's just not the same guy. And, and probably this last year. Well, I go back. Well, I just full circle to, they put so much dependence on Josh Gordon. Right. Out of necessity because the other weapons weren't there. You know, as soon as they let, again, I thought the most clutch receiver the last two years was Amendola. Yeah. Um, even Edelman's not the same guy. He, no, he's, he's had not. seven drops this year. He looks a little skittish going in the middle, um, which makes sense after he had a major injury. Uh, and he's older. You know, he's a year older. Um, we left out one other thing that we didn't talk about. Hench, okay. Hench pointed this out. They tried to trade Gronk last spring. And, uh, and Gronk found out. It was reported that this story didn't even come out until a few weeks ago. I forget if it was Adam Schefter or one of those guys. Basically that they had a deal with to trade Gronk to Detroit and it fell through because Gronk heard about it and was like, I'll retire if you trade me. That, that is the beginning of the end. When they're thinking that way and getting, they trade cooks and it feels like a kind of a rebuilding thing, right? Which goes back to your point. Why not take Lamar Jackson with the 31st pick? So it's a bummer. Listen, I mean, I was screaming for Lamar Jackson. I know. I know he, he doesn't put the uh, passing yardage up there, but boy, he would have been exciting coming in for different series the way they used to uh, bring, you know, other teams bring in second quarterback. So. Can you give, can you give 90 seconds on the state of the Celtics right now? Okay. It, it's, uh, boy, it's depressing to go from this team, the Patriots to the Celtics. Last night's loss might have been the worst of the season. You're talking about the worst team in the league record-wise, Phoenix coming in here. And, and I know Corford didn't play. Um, and I know Baines broke his hand you know, in the first quarter, but uh, our first quarter last night was terrific. I think we had the most assists we've had in one quarter in a long time. We're moving the ball. We weren't just throwing up these three-point shots and – I mean, we were we were really moving it well and getting good shots. What happens? 
you look, if you looked at a tape at that third and fourth quarter, there was one stretch in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Six straight times they came down the court, uh, made one pass or no pass, and threw up a three-point shot. And six straight times they missed the three-point shot. Um, and that's going to happen, but they stopped moving the ball. And it's, you know, you and I call it hero basketball, but I call it lazy basketball. Yeah, I hate when they don't you know, drive to lot, the basket. It's a lot easier to just come down and throw up a long jump shot instead of moving the ball around. Can we it, go through? It's so frustrating. Just, you just, one sentence. You can only say one sentence about each of these guys. Jalen Brown. Extremely disappointing. Jason Tatum. Extremely disappointing. <laughs> okay. Kyrie Irving? Um, playing his heart out. Oh, that's a, that's a bonus. Uh, Robert Williams. Uh, I, I love seeing him on the court, uh, but he has a long way to go in terms of defense. Marcus Morris. I'm not talking about blocking shots, but yeah, just being rotating. in the right position. Right. Yeah. Marcus Morris. Uh, excellent. Probably the, all the, uh, MVP of the team so far. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Jalen Brown this year. I think he needs a sports psychologist or something. I, he went from, I thought he was going to be like Paul George 2.0 to I even wasn't sure if I should put him in the trade value column. Well, I, I, mean, I honestly I watched, didn't know. As you know, our seats are near, we can see the Celtic bench. His body language is horrible. Yeah. He's shooting, I think, 28% on three-point shots. Open ones. Uh, he, open ones, yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, he totally has lost his confidence. Uh, I, you know, don't you think Ainge needs to do some some kind of package move? I would say. And on top of this, you have it's very sad. Um, and and maybe in three months it will be different. But Hayward is a shell of his former self. Yeah, uh, he's terrified to go in underneath the basket and go up. So he's settling for these jump shots. It's going to take a while. I would trade Rogier for for uh, Rashawn Holmes and something else right now. I think that guy would help us. I like Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> I don't know why Philly gave him away. The guy who played uh, center la- uh, back of center last night for Phoenix. Yeah, he's good. He is good. We, we thought he was good when he was on Philly. Yeah, Philly's stupid. They're dumbasses. Uh-huh. And then Phoenix is even dumber than Philly is. So let's get him. We'll give you Rogier. Give us, we'll do like some sort of second round pick swap thing and we're ready to go or whatever we need to do. Uh, hey, before we go, uh, first of all, I know you sound depressed about Boston sports, but we did win the World Series two months ago. And Nathan Avaldi is an American hero, and we brought him back. So that was great. Well, well I, I like one comment on that, because I remember you had me on the podcast in August. Yeah. And I know I've mentioned this before, but you had me on the podcast in August or September, and you asked which Boston team did I think would be the next champion. Yeah. And you, you very strongly said it would be the Celtics. Yeah. And I just as strongly said it would be the Red Sox. And uh, I don't see a Celtic or Patriot championship on the near horizon, but at least we did get that World Series victory. Did you say that before or after you quit on David Price? <laughs> I never quit on David you, Price. You quit on David Price. I, you I, I was... You handed in your two weeks notice and you cleaned out your locker and you left. You left the parking lot. You gave up your space. I wasn't Uh, sure about David Price. Uh, I got to say, I'm still recovering from the World Series where 
I, I still am recovering from the 18 inning game. It was so, it was such a devastating loss. I, and then we won the world series two, two days later. I, I, I'm still like trying to wrap my head around the whole weekend. Has there been anything like it? And I was there with my son. Um, yeah, I know. The I whole thing was just that 18 inning game. I, I just don't have seven hour life or death sporting events. I, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's just, it ruins me. Uh, before we go, since it's the holidays and it's the end of the year, um, you had always wanted to tell the story about when we were at the Masters, when Kyle was driving us. Oh my God! What, uh, no, I'm not what happened? That story. I'm not you're a good man. No, you, you're come a good on, Doctor Bill. To Thank the you. public, no, no. You're not telling that no. story. Thank you so much. No, it was going to no, be one of my I, holiday gifts to you. No, he, just, I, he just gave the gift to I, me. I appreciate it, but I don't want to embarrass <laughs> Kyle on uh, to the millions of fans that are listening. Can so. I tell the story? <laughs> Uh, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not telling the story. You're a good man. You're a great man. Yeah. Can I tell the story? Uh, you spent nine months. You want to flip a coin? No, but if, <laughs> if if you give me my own podcast, I'll certainly tell the story. So we're in Augusta. Oh. We're, <laughs> we're, uh, it's no, me. you can't tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? Uh, if, if. If Dr. Bill gets up to 50K Twitter, he, what are you at, like 39K? No, I'm at, I think I'm at 40 now. All right, if you're 40. If you get to 50K by the end of by the end of the weekend, I will Should tell- I tweet the story? Yeah. No, no, no. We'll, we'll come, you'll come back on and we'll tell the story. All right. But if, So you uh, have to get 10,000 more followers to tell the story. If some, of you, if some of your 7 million followers will switch over to me and I get to 50,000, I'll certainly consider telling the story. <laughs> No, you have to, if it's 50,000, you have to tell the story, but you need 10,000 okay. by the weekend. All right. Okay. It's a deal. All right. Dad, All right, I'll talk to you soon. To All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to State Farm for getting involved with the NBA trade value column. Thanks to FanDuel. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play at FanDuel. You get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Regardless of the outcome, come play with me at fanduel.com slash BS. Get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. Fanduel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply for full eligibility rules and terms and conditions. Go to fanduel.com. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Try not to cough on anybody in the airplane if you're sick. Be nice to people. Enjoy it. It's been a really weird year in America, but that doesn't mean you can't hang out with your family and get drunk and... Do all the things you need to do on the holidays, Kyle. I'm so ready. You ready? Who are you most I'm excited for? Facetime me on Sunday, so maybe we'll get. You drunk Facetime me during the past we'll, game. We'll get one touchdown. Maybe. All right. Good for uh, field goal, maybe. Safe travels out there, buddy. We'll we'll see you in the BS Pod next week. <laughs>